Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, our featured guest is Nigel Bennett. And Nigel's mission is simple. Inspire you to build your own business and maximize your impact in the world. That's what it's all about, Startup Nation, is how quickly can you build your business as a vehicle to expand your reach, to expand your impact for humanity, to help others. It's not about the selfishness that we see in the media. It's not about go get yours and whoever dies with the most toys wins. That's a lie. It's BS. This is why I'm bringing Nigel on the show is because he gets it. He's going to speak about that. In a very uncertain world, entrepreneurs like Nigel Bennett are our best hope for the future. During the 30 years, he's been building a business to protect the world's most precious resource, water. He's been whacked on the side of the head as often as he's been nudged out of his comfort zone. Man, I get that. His extraordinary journey from dyslexic high school graduate, ooh, that's cool, to global entrepreneur, adventurer, and now a philanthropist, has much to teach you and I about responsibility, about freedom, and about the bravery that surfaces in moments when everything is on the line. We all have those moments. So listen, in 1992, Nigel co-founded AquaGuard Spill Response Incorporated. The business mission is simple. Protect water, the world's most precious resource. For over 25 years, the company has designed, fabricated, and supplied marine oil spill response equipment and provided related services to 3,000-plus clients worldwide. Nigel's built a multi-million dollar empire, okay? This guy has done it. He's an entrepreneurial badass, but he's got his priorities aligned. He knows his values. We're going to talk about that today. AquaGuard's patented oil skimming technology. By the way, Nigel, I want to your website in a short. It's kind of, it's really cool what you guys have done over there. Uh, his technology has been used to clean up spills from Alaska to the Gulf of Mexico and from Egypt to China worldwide. I know some of you right now are listening in Egypt, in China. Nigel and AquaGuard have received received multiple awards for their innovation, business excellence, and entrepreneurialism. 
Today, we're going to speak with Nigel. We're going to get real about entrepreneurship, the early days. We're going to hear his story. And most importantly, Startup Nation, I brought him on to speak about what does real impact look like? And how is he doing it? How did he come to that conclusion that it's not just about the money, it's not just about him getting his and you getting yours, but it's about serving others, serving humanity, serving the planet. Nigel, welcome to the show, my friend. Go ahead and take a minute and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you, sir? Wow, that's quite the uh, introduction there, Joseph. Thank you so much. That was one of my best, bro. Wow, boom. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, thanks so much. I really, I'm, I'm super stoked to be on your, on your show here today. And uh, it's been quite a journey, as, as you mentioned. And, um, it, you know, by, by listening back to my bio there, it, it's quite daunting, <laughs> actually. Isn't you know, it I'm something like, oh to hear? Gosh, yeah, it's something to hear what happened? you've been through. You're like, wait, it sounds yeah. like another person's life. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, it, it really does. It really does. But uh, here I am now. I'm, I'm 56. And, um, and I, you know, I'm working on, uh, you know, the priorities in my life. And, and, and that's basically to help others. That's how the way things have all aligned. So yeah, I love yeah. it. So Startup Nation, you can find out about Nigel at nigeljbennett.com. That's Nigel, N-I-G-E-L, J as in Joseph, Bennett with a B, E-N-N-E-T-T.com. Nigeljbennett.com. Check him out. Nigel, go ahead, take a minute, share with us something personal that very few people in your business life know about you. Wow. Um, yeah, I, as a young guy in my early 20s, I was actually working in Egypt and we were doing what was called the National Oil Spill Contingency Plan for the country. So I was flying over uh, all over the coast, mapping the coast. And I was there for it was a three year project. And uh, what a lot of people don't know is I got stuck in a really difficult situation. I was actually working for my father's company at the time as a young guy and uh he was arrested and thrown in jail and i actually had to escape from the country what yeah yeah i like yeah, that cliffhanger yeah. you just dropped in there brother all right take yeah. like 60 seconds why was dad arrested why did you have to escape the country well he was he was actually arrested under the suspicion of corruption um which was a real yeah a difficult one for a young guy like myself to um to understand Mm. And uh, yeah, he was in prison for many, many months. And I had a phone call in the middle of the night. His one phone call was to me in a hotel room, a dark hotel room. And he basically said, get on the next bus and stay with Mike, which meant get on the next flight and get out of here and stay with your cousin, Mike in London and help mm. to get me out of prison. And so I, I, I learned a lot from that experience. And that is basically the reason I started my own business because I needed to get away. I needed to get away from that type of a life. And I actually broke off against my father's wishes and started AquaGuard Splurge Funds. Wow. Nigel, man, you just like went deep real fast. I love that. That was awesome. That's what you asked. (laughs) That's what I asked, brother. Let me ask you this. What was that like for you as a little boy with that experience of your dad and then to get that call in the night, middle of the night and your own life is on the line? on the line. What was that like for you? Well, I, I, I felt, you know, you know, the Jason Bourne films, you know, Jason Bourne, right? All oh yeah. Bourne identity, yo. 
I felt like a Jason Bourne. I had no idea what was going on and people were coming after me from all directions and I was going through checkpoints trying to get out. Of, so my heart was beating out of my chest. It was the most uh, like humbling experience I think I've ever had. It really, it really grounded me to understand, you know, I, the, the first thing was, is I'd been surveying the coastline and I, 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 I witnessed the environmental degradation of the Red Sea. Oil, eight inches thick, all the way down the coastline, spewing out of broken pipelines into the ocean. And I came from that going, oh my God, you know, what is going on here? As a young guy coming out of Vancouver, Canada here, where everything is green and nice to that, I was like, what the heck is going on? And then for my dad to be arrested and thrown in jail, and for me having to escape, I was just, you know, I was smacked. It was, it was an awakening, I tell you. Yeah. I get that. Now, most times, yeah. I think, when we have traumatic situations like that, traumatic events that happen to us, especially at early ages, yeah. we tend to create belief mm -hmm. systems that mostly limiting belief systems around that, like, True. this is what I'm never going to do, or this is what this means or whatever. What belief system did you create? Was there a limiting belief system at that moment about your dad, well, about my, family, about you know, entrepreneurship, about anything? Yeah. My, I mean, my belief at that time as a young 21, 22 year old guy actually was, this was the perceived normal for me. So I actually started living in that world where this became normal until a light went off when I got back to Vancouver and my sister was working in my company too. And it was like, you know what, we need, we need to, um, we need to shift and we need to do something on our own and our beliefs and our ethics clashed with our father. So we actually, the two of us, I, I actually walked into his office and I said, you know, we're, we're out, we're leaving. And it was the hardest decision I've ever made. Mm. And uh, we went out and we had no money. We had nothing. And we started our own, our own business. Yeah. At that moment, what decision, what did you decide about how your life was going to go? So my, my life was going to change in a big way. It wasn't, um, I was going to align it in, um, at, at, that, at that point, it was hard to tell I was a young guy, but I really wanted to help the environment. I'd been in Venezuela before that, and I'd seen the Venezuelan um, oil uh, on Lake Maracaibo, uh, oil, again, spewing everywhere. And we were being shot at by the FARC guerrillas. Uh, so I was doing an overflight of uh, the uh, Maracaibo Lake and we got too close to the Colombian border and they were taking pot shots at us and warning us to leave. And I, you know, I, I realized that I needed to make a difference in the world. I, you know, while mm. I was in Egypt, I did an overflight with a, an ex-US um, Vietnam pilot. His name was Johnny. And he came wandering out in the desert at this helicopter base and he said to me, he said, I know what you boys are doing. You boys are gonna do an overflight and you're gonna go take a bunch of pictures. But he said to me, he said, do you really think that anybody gives a shit about what the hell you're doing? 300 miles from here in Cairo, people can't even feed themselves. So you really think they care about the Red Sea and the ocean here? He says, I appreciate what you're doing, but you really think you can make a difference. And that, resonated with me for years and years afterwards. Do I really think I can make a difference? I really did think I could make a difference. So coming back to Vancouver, I grabbed my sister and another fellow Lawrence and we broke off and we formed AquaGuard because we had clients that needed help all over the world. 
and there was nothing, no technology that could help them clean up these type of oil spills. So that's what we did. We broke off and we, um, then the struggle began. <laughs> I get that. So let me jump in right there. You yeah. believed you had, and just let me put in my own words here. You yeah. had this delusional belief yes. that you could impact and really make a difference. And here you are being told by this guy, there's, you're not going to make a difference. You guys are full of it. Yeah. Yeah. What, I, I what really made you think that you could make a difference? And how did you know you weren't full of it? Well, I was a bit of a fighter because I'm, I'm dyslexic and I've got ADD and I was kicked out of every school. I got into technical college and I got kicked out after the first term and told, you cannot come back. And I said, well, I have to come back. And I went back and I agreed with the dean to take all the, all the courses I failed at night school and day school at the same time. So I was, I was used to people telling me I can't do things. Mm. So when Johnny, Johnny, the helicopter pilot, came out and said, you really think you can make a difference? That, that really got a bee under my bonnet. And I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, I can. And things evolved from there. So what I'm hearing you say is when people tell you you're crazy, that actually serves as fuel for you to go and do the very thing that is making you crazy to them. Is that for, me, for me personally, it does. Yeah. Yeah, Man. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. I got it. All right. Let's get down to business. My audience loves context, Nigel. Mm -hmm. How much revenue did your business do approximately gross revenue in the past 12 months? We'll speak about AquaGuard specifically. I'll give you uh, between 10 and 20 million. Got it. Awesome. Congratulations, brother. That's Thank awesome, you. right? That's a lot of hard work. I know what that's like. <laughs> uh, how long did it take you to make your first 100,000 in that business? How long of a time frame from it, start it was, to 100K? It was probably about 18 months to two years after we broke off my father's business. So uh, my sister, myself, and another fellow, Lawrence, who I went to school with, we broke off and um, we rented a little warehouse <clears throat> and we leveraged everything we had. I was just got married at the time. My wife had a little bit more money than I had because <laughs> she had three jobs she worked three jobs and we had a little house and we leveraged everything against our little house and so we were bidding on some projects that were um from some of our international clients because i was fortunate i'd been traveling a lot with this mapping company that i was with and uh so we were very very fortunate uh and we worked extremely hard and we were able to get a contract out of taiwan for, I think it was a, a couple of hundred, probably 150 grand mm. project, which was, we were, we were $50,000 in debt when we broke off because my father said, okay, you want to leave? This is what you owe me. And it was 50 grand and we had to pay mm. this off. We had mm. nothing. So yeah. So, so this, this was a huge contract for you. Years. Yeah, it was a huge contract for us. We had everything on the line and there were, you know, it, it was some things that we hadn't done before. We really took a risk in certain some design work because we were manu we started manufacturing oil spill containment barriers that you you saw on the um, BP Horizon oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico. Those containment barriers that help mm -hmm. contain the oil and little you know skimming systems. We were starting to play around with these containment barriers at that time, and that's what we did. We got a contract for that on some 
some real systems and um got it yeah all right so let's get into like the specifics here right tips and strategies how did you make the first 100k what are your top three tips or strategies that you did that you want to share with my audience right now yeah it um let me just uh got a note here um notes are good notes are good (laughs) i I have some notes i'm actually taking notes I mean, the big, the biggest thing is, is for me is to, um, to make that decision to step out or do something on your own. You know, we all sit and contemplate and procrastinate about, I I wish I could do this. Oh, only if I could, you know, I could do this. And, um, and it was the biggest thing for me was taking that step or taking that leap to leave uh, my my father's company and um yeah that was it was that that was huge for me so that was one thing um the next thing uh was was finding out you know we were we were looking at manufacturing products because we were or i was involved in um mapping mapping uh sorry there's a phone ringing there um mapping countries that had massive oil spills marine oil spills so we my partner and I, we thought, you know, we need to design equipment, some kind of equipment that's going to fit a niche that we can manufacture and sell locally and internationally. So it was, it was, it was finding a niche. What do we do better? What we were thinking, we sat down and we thought, what do we do better than anybody else in the world? What could it be? What could it be? And at first it started with these containment barriers, but second, involved into these oil skimming systems and we now do this better than anybody else on the planet is manufacture these oil spill spill recovery systems so it's finding the niche finding a niche that was for me and another thing that that uh, I, I, you know we we had a couple of contracts <clears throat> and life was living in the fire we were putting out fires every single day we just it was like from, from one crisis to the next crisis to the next crisis until a, a buddy of mine who is a 320 pound lineman from uh, the Canadian Football League, his name was Trevor, he dragged my ass into a group called the Entrepreneurs Organization, or back then it was called the Young Entrepreneurs Organization. YPO. Yeah. YPO, YEO, EO, yep. all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you and tell your listeners, that was probably the best decision that I, well, I don't know if I made the decision, he dragged my ass in there. <laughs> but um, that was one of the best things I ever did because I thought that I was the only one living in this hell. <laughs> did I you think you were more way. unique? I thought I was totally unique. I was, yeah. you know, I, I thought I'm the only one suffering like this. Nobody can, under- why, Trevor, why would I go and hang out with a bunch of millionaires that have already made it? Etc. 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 And talk about their Ferraris and all this stuff. I, I'm not that type of guy. I'm a I'm a bare bones, work hard and get it done type of guy. And I'm living in hell. And he said, "Come to one meeting. Come to one meeting." And I and I went. And I realized that all of the guys that I met were in exactly the same boat as me. And we all became extremely tight friends. As a uh, we have focus groups of nine of us. And, you know, 25 years later, you know, we're all extremely good friends. All our kids are friends. 
But that was a major life-changing shift was to be able to get in and learn from other entrepreneurs that, that were going through exactly the same thing from starting a business now to raising your kids while you're starting a business, balancing your family and your business. And oh my gosh, it was, um, it was paramount. And then. Now the I last, gotta, let me jump in on yeah, that sorry. one. All right. Hold that. Sure. Thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So entrepreneur organization, as far as I'm aware, it does not come with a cheap price tag. So I know there's some yeah. entrepreneurs listening right now on my show that are like, listen, joining a huge peer-to-peer mentor right. group with a heavy price tag because these guys are all successful. They're already doing millions and everything like that. Like, right. I can't afford it. What do you say to right. them, Nigel? Right. Well, what I would say is that's bollocks. <laughs> as, they say, as they say in the UK, bollocks. But no, there, I, I, and I totally understand that, but there's a lot of other organizations that don't have the high price tag that are entrepreneurial groups that you can get into. Uh, when I joined uh, YEO um, and, and y, YEO, YPO, they were pretty much the only organizations like that. That was like 20, 20 something years ago. Um, but now there's a lot of uh, groups and, 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 and um, and peer groups that, that entrepreneurs can join. And I think it's absolutely imperative um, that there's that and then get a coach. And I know coaches, again, that there's a, there's a price tag. I, I hired a coach 15 years ago when I was in the fire and struggling. His name's Kevin Lawrence. He's now one of the most uh, highly recognized coaches in the world. And he's he just evolved that way. And his price tag, I remember, I think it was three grand for the day. And I'm like, there's no way I can, there's no way I can. And then another friend of mine said, no, meet him, have a discussion. If you don't like it, you can tear the check up at the end of the day. And um, so I met this guy and he was able to pull so much out of me. I ended up hiring him. And I've had the same conversation with hundreds of entrepreneurs over the years. They say, oh yeah, I want to get a coach. I want, oh, but the price tag is so high. You know, it's... And it may be a hundred bucks, it may be a thousand bucks, it may be whatever. But every single penny that I've paid this guy, I've got back 25 times or more. Like it's, mm. yeah. Because yeah. As, as an entrepreneur, sorry, Joseph, just one, one, one little thing. As an entrepreneur, we are at the top of the food chain. We don't answer to anybody. And that's the most difficult part. We don't have anybody to bounce our ideas off or anybody to hold us accountable. Listen, I'm a segue on that because that's super powerful, right? I have yeah, uh, another podcast called uh, Broken Catholic where I speak about the yes. faith component, right? Yeah. You can't get your business right until you get your faith right. And when you try to live right. this duality, you're like yeah. this bipolar type of person and you show up inauthentically in your business because you're not yeah. authentic with your faith. Right. And Love like, that's it. powerful stuff, what you're nailing right there. So yeah, I also yeah. Startup Nation, a little preview here. We're going to have Nigel's coach, Kevin, on this show in just a oh, few there, weeks. There He's already booked awesome. in my calendar. So the, the guy, the epic, you know, Kevin Lawrence coach of mega millionaire CEOs like Nigel is going to be on first 100k so make sure you join in for that you see how I segued there that was so cool Fabulous. all right, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's, 
I love it. Let's talk about your mistakes. What mistakes did you make, Nigel? Uh, I, I stayed way too close to my business in the fire for too long and never, never stuck my head out to breathe. Why did, Um, why did you do that? Well, because every single day there was a crisis. It was crisis after crisis after crisis. And in the beginning, I sacrificed my family. I sacrificed everything for the business. And I actually call it, call it the doorknob effect. So every single day, I'm sure your listeners can totally resonate with this one. Every single day I would get to my office, I would step out of my car and I would go up to the door of my business, touch the doorknob and I'd close my eyes and go, what the heck is going on inside? As soon as I stepped through, it'd be a completely different world. It would be a bee's nest of crises and activity and people needing me and wanting me. And it was, um, so, and I, and I, I never was able to take breaks and see things from, you know, 30,000 feet. And, um, I, I just find that it's extremely important for entrepreneurs to get away and clear our heads. And it was something that I had to, I had to learn the hard way. Um, let me jump on yeah. that. I Startup Nation, let me speak to you right there because that's such a huge wisdom explosion that Nigel just dropped on you, right? Is your business a burning house that you show sure. up to every single day and go into the fire and then wonder why you can't breathe? It's really difficult to breathe and take a deep breath of oxygen when you're in the burning house. And what Nigel's saying here is you need to step outside of the house to get some fresh air. So that you could yeah. go in and extinguish those fires once and for all. Nigel, what shows up for you in that? Well, it, what shows up for me in there is my sister and I, um, when we first started out, we, you know, we were living in a burning house constantly. But she was heavily into mountaineering and backcountry skiing. And then, you know, we were, when we were working for my father's company, we would take off on these amazing adventures, rock climbing and, and mountaineering and climbing mountains. But then when we formed our own business, we just, we just couldn't do it. We just, well, this is insane. But then we sat down and realized that, hang on a second, we need to do this. So we would toggle back and forth. She would go for, you know, a week or eight days or nine days and go on a climbing trip. And then I would take off and go with my wife. We'd go, we'd take off on a climbing trip or, or something like that. So we would have those breaks and we would come back completely refreshed with brand new ideas. And, and as opposed to living in, on that uh, gerbil wheel every day, just putting out fires, putting out fires, putting out fires. And so my sister and I, we got into this rhythm. And then I just kept that rhythm going for the next 25 years. And so, you know, I, I, I take off and I leave all the time. I take off for months at a time now. And I come back with new ideas. Although my staff and people think I'm completely insane every time I come back because I have these grandiose new ideas. And, um, I get that. I get that. This reminds me of a quick little story in my life. When I was building my startup, my co-working spaces here in Tampa, uh, the first couple of years, I would take every Sunday and that was my day of rest, right? Because, you know, that's just what I do. Day of rest. Mm -hmm. And I would go to the bookstore like every Sunday afternoon and I would immerse myself in books, which took me away to foreign lands, kind of like what you're, you're talking about. And I would read a lot of business books and entrepreneurship books and leadership books. And then I would come back to work on Monday morning with like 
five to 10 new, fresh, outside the box ideas. And my team, a bunch of pragmatic, uh, you know, day-to-day operators would freak the F out like every single Monday because Joseph was coming back because he was at the bookstore on Sunday and it would freak him out. And I, I remember I had to learn how to tone it back in my delivery. And all it was, was learning to say, Hey, we're not changing everything. We're not changing a lot of things. Everything's still in place. Everything's fine. However, I'd like to introduce this new possibility, right? And if, if I didn't present it in that packaging, pragmatic people would freak out. They thought like the world was coming to like an end or something like that. Yeah. What shows up similar for you? Yeah. I, um, I, I, every year. So I I belong to the entrepreneurs organization for years and years and years. And then there's a program that they put together in, in Boston at, at, at MIT which is, uh, it was called Birthing of Giants and it's uh, and also Gathering of Titans. And I've been going for 15 years and I would, I would go and it, it's five days, it's a lockdown. So you're on this old campus um, in an old Victorian style house and nobody comes or goes. There's 75 entrepreneurs locked away for five days, sharing ideas, listening to speakers. And I would, I come back every year and I, I, I do, I come back, okay, how am I gonna present something that's, a speaker say this guy Simon Sinek this Simon Sinek this amazing speaker on what is your why I came back to my office and uh, this 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 gentleman it's a it's a great talk uh, should listen to it it's, it's called um, Simon Sinek and you know your why learn learn your why why I've you do to it. it's fantastic why you do yeah. anything is why you do everything so I came back to my office thinking aquaguard 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 what is our why well I thought at the time that aquaguard our why was to, you know, um, to clean up oil spills. You know, that was my why. That's why I did it, to clean up oil spills, to, to clean up the mess. But then I really thought about it and I go, hang on a second. You know, our why isn't that. Our name of our company is AquaGuard. Our why is to protect the world's most precious resource, which is water. So I came back to my office and I sat all our guys down and I go, hey guys, you know, uh, what do you think? Why do we do this? Why does AquaGuard do what we do. And one of the gentlemen said, well, you know, we're, we're the best in the world at cleaning up oil spills. And I'm saying, yeah, we are. I, I really believe that we are. But why do we do it? What's our why? And, and everybody's faces were blank. I said, our why, I believe, is to protect the world's most precious resource, which is water. Boom. Everything just expanded from there. The, 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 the eyes, the, the, seeing the faces in the room go, oh my gosh, he's right. And so bringing these little, even if it's one little nugget like that back, can shift everything. Man, what shows up for me, like I am literally like Startup Nation. I'm sure you're doing yeah. it right now, but right. I am also doing it. I'm literally going into my co-working space in my head and I'm shifting yes. my why and saying, wait a second, I had a why, which was, uh, uh, shoot, I'm blanking. Um, on it. Anyway, it doesn't matter because it's now going to be a part of the past. And I'm coming up with like, what yeah. is, why are we really doing this shared workspace, making people make the first hundred K or next 100 K. And it really comes right. down to this. And obviously I have to play with the words here. Um, yeah. but, but this is just a raw idea. It's all I'm doing is I am creating more time, uh, for you with your family. 
which is your most precious reason why. Like that's the reason why most of us get up and go to work every single day is because we love our families. And 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 I'm able to give you more time with your family. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It needs work, but. And, and, and it, and it's, but it can be very counterintuitive as an, as an entrepreneur thing. I'm working this hard. I'm working, you know, 800 hours, uh, you know, whatever it is because of my family, but then you never get to see your family. But then so I'm, I'm sacrificing have, my family. Yeah. I'm sacrificing my family. And, and as an entrepreneur, like I, I mentioned before, we're always putting out fires, but the thing that I've really learned in, in the later, in the past so many years, past 10 or 15 years is that never sacrifice family for business crisis, no matter what the business crisis is, because it'll always work out. And, and if you, even if you've got, you know, if it's you or you've got one other person in your business, in your small business, that person can step up and fill in the gap while you're doing something with your family. If it's a soccer game, mm. or even if it's a, if it's a vacation. Mm. And the, the thing is with that other person, they will rise to the occasion. Just like I like to be poked and pushed and I, it gets under my bonnet and I'll like, okay, you can't, well, it's the same type of thing for somebody else that I'm be giving all this responsibility. Now I better, I, I can learn from this and, and, and people, we all just evolve together if we do that. So it, I, I just say never sacrifice your family for business crisis because there's always a crisis. That's We're right. always in crisis. And next thing you know, 10 years has gone by and you don't know your family. Boom. Not worth it. Not worth it. Then you die with regret and you are a statistic, my friend. All right. Nigel, what was the number one fear that really messed with your head back then? Your first year in business. My first year in business that messed with my head is, um, number can, one you know, you know, where I, I'd be in the shower, I'd be in the shower every morning and I would just think, are we going to make it? Are we going to be able to pay you know, our mm. suppliers? Are, are we going to be, who are we going to have to, like, if we, if we had one employee, it would be, Am I going to have to lay him off or her off? It was so every, every day. That's what messed with my head. Every morning was being in the shower. I got the doorknob effect when I get to the office. And then the but shower I mean, the effect shower before it. was first. <laughs> <laughs> the shower effect is today going to be the, the day shower. when we crash and burn. Exactly. Like, every yeah. Day. 20, years, 20 years I did that every day in the shower process that's how i do my processing was in the shower i don't know dude it's amazing you're aging so well serious with 20 years of stress like that you created on yourself all right uh let's get to this let's go broad for a second why do you think that 90 percent of entrepreneurs are struggling to make their first one hundred thousand dollars i i think that we we never see the forest through the trees you know we 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 never get out of the day-to-day you know you know struggle um, I, I, I really believe that. I, I, I think that, um, it's, it's, it's much bigger than that. I, it, it's hard to, it's hard to put a finger on, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it, um, it's, we're always in crisis and we can never quite make it, never quite make it, never quite make it. And the only way that we can process things is to get away even, even for mm. half a day and think okay what is the what's a bigger picture here you know or am i going down the right rabbit hole am i is this service i'm selling the right service is it the right product does the client really need it or do they need this or they've been telling me that you just you Mm. need to have a clear head they may be yelling at you that hey i don't want this i want that but you're so proud of what you've designed 
you're going to cram it down their throat. Mm. Whereas if you listen, if you open our ears a little bit and listen a little bit more to their real, their, their actual needs, there may be a completely different shift and that, that'll put, you know, that may put you over the top. Maybe as simple as that. Startup Nation, what Nigel is reminding me of is this new project I just started called 40 Day Holy Hour Challenge. And this is where you spend 60 minutes of quiet time every single morning with your creator and clear your head and ask him, what do you, what's your will for my day? What's your will for my business? What, what do you want me to do today? How do you want me to go and speak with Sally and address that situation, that fire? And literally mm -hmm. surrender every morning the cares, concerns, and noise of your business, of the world, and go in with this peace and calm where you're that firefighter that just, he's got it. Like he just goes into the fire and it's wrong against him, but he's just like, oh, I know, mm -hmm. I know this is going to be fine. Everything's going to work out. And he just goes in with that. Imagine going into your business like that every day. Go check out on Facebook. Uh, Daily Holy Hour is the private Facebook group. You could join for free. And people are getting like amazing results right now, Nigel. They're on day nine. And it's like insane, yeah. the stuff. Like the, yeah. they're saying peace. They're having peace for the first time like in years where they normally stress and have anxiety about their family, yeah. their, their, their business, all of it. So thanks for bringing that up. That was really helpful. Yeah. What is I, I'll, share, I'll share one little thing that I do. I, I, I do every single morning. I wake up. I do not look at my phone. I wake up, I go downstairs, I go outside and I meditate for 20 minutes, 15, 15 to 20 minutes. And then I stretch for another 15 minutes. And then I, then I go for a swim for 20 minutes. But, uh, and I am completely fresh and I do not check my phone until nine o'clock. I don't look at it. I don't like, you know, go to the bathroom and check your phone. No, you just leave it. And it is completely it, just like you said, it, it, it's, it, it brings a sense of calm over the day. So when I go mm. down to my office, I don't have that doorknob effect. I'm like, okay, I'm very calm. It, it, it really zones me in, in it, it kind of zens me out and um, it allows me to think clear. You are thinking so clear because you literally just answered the next question that I was going to ask you, which is what is your daily habit that helps you get habit. to where you are? Dude, brilliant, right? Look at you. You really zenned hard this morning, my friend. Well done. All right. What, uh, what's the favorite website, app, digital resource that you would recommend to Startup Nation as they're struggling to break through that elusive 100K milestone? Wow. Um, well, a website, I mean, they could go to my website if they like, <laughs> um, which, which shares a lot of tips and whatnot. Um, there's just so, there's, there's so many, um, any favorite one I'm, that comes to mind? I'm drawing a blank. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a book that is, uh, the Bible of pretty much all, you know, the young entrepreneurs back in the day. And it was the e-myth Michael Gerber's e-myth, mm -hmm. um, which, um, you know, basically states, you know, you, you start a business, you build a business, and you set up the systems in, inside your business um, to basically run itself, hopefully, and so you can step back one day. So, Got yeah. it. Startup Nation, I, I go say, pick up that book. There yeah, you go. All yeah. right. So Startup Nation, I just want to like do a quick recap of all the wisdom, the value, the tips that Nigel has shared with us today. So... When we ask for strategies, hey, Nigel, how did you make your first 100K up and now your first million, 10 million, et cetera? 
This is what Nigel had to say. First thing he did, he declared the big decision. He declared it out loud. Here's what I'm going to do, and I'm deciding it right here in this moment. That's what you want to do. Make that big decision. Decide it. Declare it. Get clear about it. You got to be definitive and then hold to it. Without that, you got no foundation. All right? Number two, what do we do better than anyone else in the world? Ask yourself that question. Get with your team about it. What do we do better than anyone else in the world? What is it? What is that thing we're going to do better? Okay? What is that niche for you? Ask yourself that question. It's powerful. Number three, join a peer group of successful mentors. For him, it was entrepreneurs organization. For you, depending on where your budget is right now, hey, it's fine. Go join something at your level, but join other successful entrepreneurs that are a few steps past you, a few exits past you on the entrepreneurial highway, I like to say, right? They're not better than you, but they've been through the war, right? And they're just a few exits past. You're going to learn so much. And the biggest thing you're going to learn, Nigel says, is that you're not alone in your struggles. That is huge game changer. And then the big number four, go get a coach. Go get a coach. It's worth every penny. And as a coach of mine used to say, never hire a coach who doesn't have a coach himself or herself. Exactly. Because they don't believe in their own profession. So go hire a coach. It will be the best investment into yourself. Nigel, any other uh, words of wisdom that you wanted to share on that? Um, you know, live a committed life, you know, as you know, we live in the fire as entrepreneurs, but there's always something much larger than us out there that we can commit ourselves to. It may be a God, it may be whatever, um, giving back. But for me, it's giving back myself. And the one thing, the most joy that I get in my life is giving as a family, giving, Mm. giving a check, signing a check is is amazing. Giving of yourself is incredible, but giving as a family unit, I've never found anything more powerful. And giving back, it could be in a soup kitchen, it could be building houses, homeless for homeless in Mexico or in Chicago or wherever. So what you mean by that is you and your family get up, get in the car and go and serve people together. Yeah, we do. And my kids are now in their mid twenties. And that is their, their favorite thing to do. They would rather go and build homes for the homeless in Mexico than go and stay in a five-star hotel in Hawaii. We, we've, wow. we've, raised them as glo- we've raised them as global citizens. And I, I think for me anyway, that, that's what's, it, it brings me to tears and it brings me, it fills me with joy. And I don't know, it, it's the most powerful thing that I've ever experienced in my life. Startup Nation, <laughs> does that give you goosebumps? Like it does for me. This reminds me of when I took my nieces and nephews to a uh, adult living facility. And we showed up with little baskets of flowers and balloons. And I just sent them in and they were like four or five, six years old and adorable. And they just walked over to these elderly people who were so alone, nobody talking with them, just like staring at walls and stuff. And they walked over and just with a big smile, handed them a flower, handed them a balloon. And you saw these older people light up like Christmas trees, Nigel. It was insane. And I remember my heart just melted because 
not only what it was doing for them, but for the kids, for my nieces and nephews, they came back and they're like, Uncle Joseph, Uncle Joseph, when can we do this again? Like, kids are selfless when you teach them how. All right, so go visit NigelJBennett.com, NigelJBennett.com. This guy is a rock star, not just in entrepreneurship, but in humanity. He is a global citizen. He's raising a family of global citizens. I love it. Nigel, welcome to the hustle round. This is my favorite part of the show. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. First thing that comes to you. Are you ready, sir? Ready. Nigel, what's your favorite sound? Music. What's your least favorite sound? A pile driver. (laughs) <laughs> you caught me off guard there. you caught me off guard uh what are you most afraid of sharks got it what did you spend way too much time doing your first year in business overthinking things what secret fear do you have about people secret fear about people uh, judgment that they're going to judge you yes Got it. What do you wish you had learned sooner in your business? To step out and and look back at the business from 30,000 feet. Huge. What's a new habit you want to form? Start playing my guitar again. All right. Declare it, my friend. That's step one. (laughs) (laughs) What is a bad habit you want to break? Uh, Bad habit I want to break. Oh, my gosh. I... I don't know. Do, 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 do. Uh, Come on, yeah, bad habit you want to break. You tell me you got nothing going bad in your life right now, bro. Come on, man up. What's the bad habit? What is your wife? What's a bad habit your wife wants you to break? How's that? <laughs> Stop checking my phone for my new app that I've created. I've created an app. So There you go. Pick yeah. three words to describe who you are now. Uh. A committed human being. Love it. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in business. Uh, chaos, like chaos, complete chaos. Firefighter. That dude, you're literally in my head. I literally was thinking firefighter as the next two. That's hilarious. And fi- and last question, Nigel, if you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Protect our planet. Hmm. Got it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing that you want my listener to know about making their first 100K or next? I think, you know, making a hundred K or 10 million. I, I just think as entrepreneurs, we have a responsibility. We have a great responsibility to humanity and to, to give back in whichever little or large ways that we can. Um, yeah. Nigel, I just want to acknowledge you and say, I'm grateful you're on the planet, my friend. Joseph. What's the best way for startup nation to get in touch with you? Tell us about your book. Yeah, you can uh, grab a copy of my book. Uh, It's called Take That Leap, Risking It All for What Really Matters. Mm. So you can go to my website at, uh, as Joseph mentioned, www.nigeljbennett.com. Or you can get it right off Amazon as well. Um, And I would really appreciate it. I'd really appreciate um, reviews. 
Um, and I would really love to hear what you think. So you can go onto that website. You can send me an email. Let me know what you think. Let me know uh, what nuggets you, you've um, been able to pull out of the book. I would, I would really, really appreciate that. So Startup Nation, Nigel Bennett just spent over 30 minutes of his time that he'll never get back serving you, adding value to you. Go check out his book and place a review, would you? Take that leap. You need it. You need it. Take the leap. Let's go. Listen to Nigel. He knows what he's talking about. Nigel, thanks for joining us today. And I wish you peace, love, and your next 100K, sir. Hey. Likewise, Joseph. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You got it. God bless you. Likewise. Take care. Startup Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your business without building faith in your business. If you want to have that conversation on the faith side of things, go check out my other podcast called Broken Catholic. On that show, I interview all different guests about why the world isn't working right now. Plus, I tackle unspeakable topics that you may secretly struggle with, but won't admit. We got to get your faith right to get your business right. Go to brokencatholic.com. I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you right back here next week.